This is the Employment Law Show. Well, good evening. It's a brand new week here at 632, Monday evening. How are you? Good to have you along. John Scholes and Alex Lucifero, Sam Firu, Tamark, and stlawyers.ca is uh, joining us once again on a Monday. It's his time. It's his slot to make you that much smarter, and we do that through uh, opening your eyes to the the wonderful world of employment law, workplace rights. You want to get on board anytime. You can uh, reach out to Alex and his team this uh, after this half hour uh, of radio or anytime during the week for that matter. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website you always use. Your first stop, as a matter of fact, would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, the main topic tonight, as we're going to work through possibly some email later on, is employment contracts, what you need to know. We'll take it from there. But uh, before we get to our main topic, Alex, what do you got going on for the case of the day, brother? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Always great to be here. A real uh, pleasure. Yeah, pleasure as usual. And as you very well said, we're live on the air until 7 p.m. to answer any of uh, our listeners' questions. Questions related, of course, to employment law, uh, to workplace rights as an employee, really anything and everything under the sun that has to do with your job. If you have questions about your employment law rights, then this is the time. This is the place ready to talk and answer uh, any questions our listeners have. You know, we say it we say it time and time again, John, but it remains the case and even more so in 2024 as, you know, lots of things going on in, in workplaces uh, across the province. Everyone needs to know about their workplace rights, John. It's so extremely important. Of course, we spend the majority of our time working. And listen, you know, given the length of time that we spend at work each and every day, it's going to happen. It's extremely common that despite everybody's best efforts, disputes between employers and employees happen. Conflicts arise. Conflicts between between colleagues, between employees arise. And it's extremely important to know how to handle those kinds of situations. Whether you're an employee, whether you're a contractor and you're perhaps working for yourself, by the way, you have lots of employment rights and protections there as well. Or even as a business owner, uh, you know, employment law in Ontario is actually quite straightforward. You know, uh, our laws are quite protective of employer of employees of workers. But of course, the law can't help you if you don't know what the law is and the way the law works, how it applies to different situations. And that's exactly what we're here to do. We're here to inform people on what their workplace rights are, help people resolve the workplace uh, problems that they have. And what we've been seeing nowadays since the start of the re- actually even going back to last year, to 2023, the tail end of it, uh, uh, John, uh, speaking of the case of the day, uh, you know, we're seeing just unfortunately tons and tons and tons of terminations, employees losing their jobs, employers restructuring. We've all seen it in the news. Uh, we see it in the news every single day, every single week, especially in you know the tech sector, for example, uh, has been uh, you know has been lots of change happening there. And unfortunately, we are seeing lots of terminations. Case in point, John, I spoke to a very nice lady just earlier this afternoon, mid-afternoon, uh, had worked for a very large employer here in Canada for just over five years. She's in her early fifties. She's been working her entire life. Uh, over the course of her career, had done certifications and courses, management courses. She's worked her way up, John, most recently to a senior management level position within the company. And unfortunately, it's just one of those things. She had done nothing wrong. Her employer was a good employer by all uh, accounts. And simply because of a downsizing, because of a restructuring, the company had to let her go last week. Uh, And she reached out to me 
John reached out to me uh, directly and wanted to know if the company's severance offer was reasonable. I told her, listen, send me the letter that you've received. Let's have a chat about it uh, over the phone. And so I spoke to her earlier this afternoon. Uh, the company offered her, uh, John, so again, this lady is a five-year employee, senior management level position in her early 50s. The company, John, offered her just over three months of pay as her severance uh, package. And so she wanted to know whether that's fair or not. She already uh, had the feeling that it was uh, perhaps quite short of what her severance entitlements would be. And that's exactly what I explained to her, uh, John. She was on the right track herself. What I told her was, based on her age, position, and years of service, so age, length of employment, and position within an employer, within a company, are the three factors that are assessed when uh, considering and weighing whether a severance offer is reasonable or not. The logic is quite simple. The older you are, the more senior your position, the longer you've been out of the job market, the more severance you are going to be. Of course, the longer you've been out of the job market, uh, you know, meaning the longer you've been with the same company, the more severance you are going to get. This lady, John, again, five years of service, senior manager, she is looking at, I would say, as much as eight months of severance given her circumstances. She also has some health issues, by the way, that might impact her job search moving forward. So that is a factor as well, John, that the law will take into consideration in addition to the three main factors. So it turns out, uh, John, that, you know, this lady, and again, she's, she's been offered just over three months. She is likely owed as much as eight months. They, the company has effectively offered her less than 50 cents on the dollar, John, of what she's, of what she's actually uh, owed. And I bring this up. I mean, this is, you know, this is severance law 101 stuff. John, our longtime listeners will know uh, that a three-month package for somebody of five years of service in a management level position is going to be well short of what an employee's severance entitlements actually are. I bring this up, John, not because it's rare, not because it happens every so often. You know, uh, unfortunately, we speak to people every single day that are in this position of being let go from their job, having to deal with the stress and the anxiety that comes with knowing that you are not able to go to work tomorrow. There is no job to go to when you wake up the following day after you have that termination meeting. Uh, uh, right? This happens all the time. Employers will offer far less than what an employee's actual severance entitlements are. And that's why it's so crucial to get legal advice in the circumstances. It's so crucial to speak with an employment lawyer. Make sure that what you are being offered is fair. And if it isn't fair, Listen, here is the silver lining in this kind of situation. If a severance offer isn't fair, this isn't a complicated situation to resolve. When we're dealing with a severance claim, oftentimes, you know, contacting the company on the employee's behalf, you know, uh, having a conversation, having a few conversations, you know, over the course of even just a couple of weeks, more often than not, we are able to resolve these situations successfully and get these employees the severance that they are actually owed based on their age, position, and years of service. So the silver lining is, listen, these situations are resolvable, but you need that advice, you need that representation. Do not accept an initial severance offer from an employer without speaking to an employment a lawyer first. Otherwise, you're likely leaving tens, and I mean literally tens of thousands yep. of dollars uh, on the table. Uh, not a good situation to be in, but certainly there is a solution to be had here. Good opening call, pal. I want to get to a call before we take our our first break. Mikey, thanks so much for hanging on for a few minutes, pal. How are you tonight? I am well, thanks, gentlemen. 
Excellent. What's on your mind? So the question is this. I, I, I had filed a claim with the Ministry of Labor in December uh, regarding some outstanding uh, vacation pay that I've discovered some you know, by going through the Employment Standard Act. So mm-hmm. I filed a claim. So I called in today just to kind of see, you know, what the, the time frame was, because it's been three months. And in the course of the conversation, I found out that what my claim was, was legitimate, like what I was trying to claim for. You know, she verified because now what I did find is a thing called special rule, which is certain uh, employment uh, positions. Okay. Are you familiar with that? I, I didn't quite catch what, what you called it, Michael. A building manager. So, like, there's, there's a, like, when you yes, look at yes. what the, standard, the standards are for most people that work, and then there's a category of other people. So, when I compare. Yes, there are certain list, kinds of employment, Michael, that, that where there are special rules. Uh, I mean, they might even apply to, to drivers or to building managers, like in right. your case. Yeah, yeah. So, in my case, what, what my claim is based on, that is, is valid. So, it doesn't, it doesn't fall into that other category. You know, right, I'm, I'm, they, they're, the company is exempt from it. But what I discovered in the course of the conversation with the ministry today was they can only go back two years. Well, my situation has been ongoing for five years. So my question to you is, if I was to cancel my claim with the ministry, because this was my option that she gave me, and then pursue it legally, did they, is there a statute on this where, you know, even if I got a, you know, a, a qualified lawyer to go and pursue mm-hmm. them. Can they go back any further than two years? Yeah, it's a great question, Michael. And unfortunately, the answer is no, uh, likely not, because there is, generally speaking, a two-year, what we call a limitation period uh, on any claims uh, with respect to your employment. And and by the way, lots of other kinds of civil claims as well. So whether it's through the Ministry of Labor and the Labor Board, and by the way, for issues like vacation pay, overtime and whatnot, Going to the Ministry of Labor is not a bad idea. It's the right thing to do. When it comes to severance, as an alternate example, you should not be speaking to this Ministry of Labor about severance. But whether it's the Ministry of Labor or through what we call a civil claim or through, you know, just speaking with an employment lawyer, you're, you know, it is the case that, yes, generally speaking, there's a two-year limitation period, meaning you cannot go back uh, earlier than two years from the date you brought that claim. So if this was been going, this has been going on for years and years and years. Michael, you might be limited in that respect, unfortunately. Because like I said, I mean, you know, if if this was something I knew about, you know, year one, year two, I I would never have let it continue. So, I mean, I guess because I only discover it through another, an alternative method. Well, and I hope you made that point to to the Ministry of Labor representative that you were speaking with, uh, Michael. And by the way, if you know if this has happened to you, it may as it may have also happened to lots of other employees in the organization, however well, many employees there might be. The company I'm aware of, and here's here's the the kicker to that. I made other people aware of this when I found out about it, and senior management made a point of going individually to each of the buildings to talk to the managers to tell them mm-hmm. that no, they were not entitled to this money, mm-hmm. which was an outright yeah. lie. Yeah, and, oh. and potentially quite problematic on the employer's uh, side. Well, I think you did the right thing there, Michael. Do keep in mind as well that you cannot be punished uh, in any form or fashion for raising these concerns or communicating them to your fellow employees, for that matter. It's what we call a reprisal. So if somehow, well, some way, your employer... Company, that's why I started digging into this. I see. I got terminated. Yeah. Not because of this. I but, see. You know, I got, but that, that's what got me looking. 
Fair enough. Well, hopefully you've looked into the severance side of things as well, uh, Michael, and you've uh, and you've received some advice in that respect. Michael, appreciate the call, pal. we got to fl- slide into a break and get back to our main topic, the Monday night edition. Employment Law Show rolls on right here on 640 Toronto. Come back to the Employment Law Show. Employment contracts, what you need to know. Let's get through a couple of these. Alex, these are all very important because uh, probably at some time during your work life you have or will be uh, signing an employment contract of some sort. Um, what are employment contracts and why are they so important? important? Hence the reason we're doing this topic tonight. Yeah, I guess that's where we should start, uh, John. What is an employment contract? I mean, very simply, it is, uh, you know, it, they are the rules of the game. The employment contract sets out the rules uh, of the relationship between an employer and an employee. Oftentimes, that's in an actual written contract. You can call it an employment agreement. You can call it an offer letter, or you can call it an employment contract, of course. And they really set out Again, the details of how this relationship between you and your employer is going to go. Of course, we can all, you know, we've all seen these documents before. We can all imagine that any employment contract is going to have the basics uh, in it, uh, John. It's going to have your position, your start date, your salary, or your, you know, how you're being paid. It'll probably have something about vacation. Uh, it'll probably have something about benefits, uh, depending on the employer. And oftentimes, and it's more and more the case nowadays, John, that the rest of the contract, it might be another page, another two pages, heck, it might even be an extra three, four, five pages, will likely have a bunch of legalese uh, in it about certain rules, maybe some rules around severance, maybe some rules around confidentiality uh, or company property. I mean, there might be a bunch of things that you can find in an employment contract, but uh, you know, the reason why these contracts are so important is, I mean, for the reason I mentioned, they set out the rules of the game here. They set out what rights an employer and what an employee may have moving forward in the course of uh, of their employment. And geez, if you're going to be, you know, uh, in that workplace for a long time, if this is going to be uh, a career for you, then these employment contracts are going to be extremely important moving forward i'm gonna lob an easy one over the plate for you here pal do verbal agreements hold as much weight as that written contract yeah, <laughs> yeah we're talking uh this is it reminds me of my contracts 101 course here uh, back in life uh, hot law school but uh, yeah. they actually do they actually do and it's you know it's a good question john despite how how obvious the answer we you know we think might be we get asked all the time john well if i you know, if it was just a handshake and off we go, and if it was just a kind of a verbal agreement and I've been working there ever since and it's been many years, you know, I speak to employees, you know, that stresses some employees out, uh, John, in the workplace. You know, do, do, should I have a contract? Maybe I should write one up myself no. and send it to my employer. Absolutely not. Actually, a verbal contract, at least in my opinion, in our opinion, you know, a verbal contract is actually a better situation to be in than having a written contract. The reason why is quite simple, uh, John. Having just a verbal agreement or a handshake and off we go, you know, think of it as you have all of kind of the default protections that the law provides an employee in that situation. The only thing that a contract really does in the employment world, at least in, I would say, 99.9% right. sure. of cases, the only thing that a written contract really does is give the employer power and give the employer 
options and rights and protections. It's it's really there. It's meant to protect the employer more than protect the employee. Listen, if you're, you know, a, a CEO of a company or an you know a, a high up there executive of the company, then maybe you have some terms in your employment contract. Maybe have to do with severance or bonuses or whatnot that are very employee friendly and very protective, right? But for the vast majority of employees. Uh, out there, we including ourselves in in that, of course, for the vast majority of these employees, again, the only thing a contract is going to do is benefit the employer, protect the employer. And that's why a verbal contract or no yeah. contract at all really is the far better situation to be in. Because in a situation like that, that, em- that employer might not have those options and might not have those rights. And we, we can maybe chat about a couple of those in a sec. Next one is, can a termination clause in that employment contract impact how much severance you're owed? This kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Yeah, absolutely. This is the prime example, John, of how an employment contract will favor an employer and not an employee. A lot of employment contracts nowadays, and for those of you who are out on the job search right now, looking for jobs, interviewing for jobs, and receiving job offers, right? you're receiving an employment contract, and the email that's you know that comes with that job offer says, "Congratulations, you've been you know you've been offered the position of X, Y, or Z." Have a look at that contract, and nowadays especially, I can almost guarantee that there will be a paragraph in there or a section in there that's called termination of employment, and that will say something like, "In the event that we let you go, the company is going to pay you again X, Y, or Z." Or there will be some sort of language about what the company owes you when they let you go. Again, I want to make clear to all our listeners out there, that termination paragraph in an employment contract, it's not there to benefit you. It's not there to give you better severance entitlements uh, than, than the average or the minimums. It is there to make sure that the employer is paying as little as possible when it comes to severance. So do keep an eye out on that kind of termination language in an employment contract. It's extremely important. You have to make sure you know what yeah. that termination language means, understand what you're signing up for when you accept that kind of language. I will also say this, John, because this is an equally important point, even for new contracts, by the way, but you know, if you're maybe a two or three year employee or you're a five year employee or 10 year or 20 year employee, and you know, this, this conversation maybe, you know, uh, raises a red flag in your mind and you, you think, Oh, I want to, I want to go check out my employment contract and see what it says. And maybe you find some termination language in your employment contract. I will say this, uh, lots of termination provisions, lots of, lots of termination language in employment contracts uh, are unenforceable. Yeah. The, our courts in Ontario have said repeatedly, including this year, I mean, the law comes out on these kinds of things every single day. They have said repeatedly that termination language in an employment contract needs to be extremely carefully worded. Even the use of a wrong word, literally one wrong word, John, or one wrong phrase in a termination provision in a contract can render it all meaningless. And the reason I say this is if you see termination language in your contract, don't panic and think that, oh, well, I guess the jig is up. I'm not owed any more severance than what's in that contract. No, make sure that if you are let go, you still have your severance package reviewed by an employment lawyer. There's a decent chance, if not a very good chance, that the termination language in your contract 
is still unenforceable because it's not written properly. So termination language is important to consider, especially for new employees and, you know, 2024 state of the art employment contracts, because the language there might might be more likely to be enforceable. But for existing employees, for current employees that are being let go, make sure that you speak with an employment lawyer, even if you're let go and even if you have termination language in your contract, because there's a decent chance it might not might not be enough. To the, for the employer to limit your severance. Well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, current employees right there of a particular uh, job, doesn't matter what it is. And we've had this phone call countless times over the last dozen years we've been doing this. And that is if, if you're already working in a place and, you know, your mid-employment could be six months in, six decades in, it doesn't matter. And your employment comes uh, walking over your desk with a new employment contract to sign uh, and ask them to. Do they have to sign it? Should they sign it? Or just like hold your horses and get it looked at first? Yeah, the the answer has to be hold your horses, do not sign on the spot, make sure you know you get advice on it. And and the reason is exactly the same reason you should probably hold your hold your horses if you're if you're a brand spanking new employee as well, John, which is there might be terms in that new contract, even as an existing employee. Right? You might be and we've seen it before, John, you might be a twenty five year employee with the company and something changes. Maybe there are new owners that come in or new management that comes in, and all of a sudden you're being handed over a new employment contract and being told, hey, we're just we're just kind of updating all of our human resources documents. We want mm-hmm. you to sign this new employment contract. Don't worry, nothing will change. Just sign right here. Well, look, you know, the devil's going to be in the details, John. Look at pages, you know, two, three, four, five, and six of that contract because there may very well be termination language. There may be language that allows the employer to lay you off temporarily, which wouldn't otherwise be legal. There might be a bunch of things in there that negatively affect your employment moving forward, even as an existing employee. Uh, it, you know, it, it is a it is a massive red flag when you're already working for a company and you're handed a new employment contract mid-employment. You do not want to sign on the spot. You need to get employment advice in that situation. And sometimes it's better to even to just reject that new employment contract and say, no, thank you, company. I'd rather just keep working on my current terms of employment. You'll you'll protect yourself better responding in that way to your employer. You are too well steeped in the knowledge, my friend, but we're going to lock it down for an evening there. Again, it's always advisable with any questions before you make any move. We've we've said this for forever. Reach out to Alex and get the uh, get the straight goods first, right? How do you do that? One eight five five eight two one. 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to email Alex directly and the website, always useful with access, of course, to the severance calculator. That tool is worth its weight in gold and it is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tomorrow, back at another edition of the Employment Law Show here at 640 Toronto. Enjoy the rest of your evening.